right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you may find yourself as you listen to this, and welcome to the Only Sports Podcast with Brains and Bars. It's another episode of It's a Black and White Thing. I am one half of the dynamic duo. I'm Carlos Shantz. You can call me A1. You can also call me Dan. You can check out every episode of It's a Black and White Thing by going to the podcast app of your choice um, or searching for us on YouTube. Please rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars. Please share the broadcast. The more you do that, the more faces we are in front of. Tell a friend and tell a friend. It's those boys again. Um, also, thank you to those who will tune in live. We also ask that when whether the platform, we're on Periscope, we're on Facebook, and we're also on YouTube. When you come into our house, say what's up, let us know where you're watching from, and please like and share the broadcast. Um, so as you can see, you know, this is a little bit of a, a different show. Award will be here. He's going to be showing up here um, at the top of the hour uh, to discuss battle rap and sports. Um, but sitting uh, on the other side of the screen to me tonight, um, he is part of Beyond the Buzzer Radio. He also covers the Hornets, Charlotte Hornets, the Atlanta Dream, the Phoenix Mercury. He is Danny Thompson joining us tonight to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Danny, how are you this evening, sir? Man, Carlos has been a minute since I've been on this on this, this show. The format's different. You know, I'm not calling in. This is completely different. Hey, man, you know, the pandemic, you know, when it when it hit, it forced we couldn't sit down together and do the show like we were accustomed to. And so it forced us into a new format. And so, you know, we went from zoom. Now we're here on the stream, your platform. And so, you know, you got to level up when things, when, you know, when life hands you lemons, got to make that lemonade, you know, understandable. That's why I had to do as well too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So before we get into the harness, just tell us a little bit about beyond the buzzer radio. Uh, Beyond the Buzzer Radio is a show that myself and my good friend, the student of the game, Kyle Nash, we've been doing since, wow, while I was living in Orlando, almost, it's been almost a year now that we've done the show together. Um, it's a show that, that started in Orlando on Orlando Radio at 98.5 The Wire. Um, like you, with the pandemic, it kind of, you know, moved us away from terrestrial radio. Um, and me move, relocating to Charlotte was the other part of the reason why. So we talk sports uh, Thursday nights, 9 p.m. on Facebook Live. Uh, through YouTube, um, I-95 Sports Network, Zingo Television. Uh, we talk all things sports, um, NBA, college, uh, football, basketball, you know, I mean, we talk about it. And we also have a little bit of pop culture at the end of the show that we call um, Mount Rushmore. So we've been doing this for a while. And then, you know, covering the day-to-day for the threepointconversion.com. Big shout-outs to the guys guys and girls over there. Uh, Hornets, missed, uh, Hornets uh, Dream, uh, wow, uh, the Phoenix Mercury, among other sports, uh, college, UFC, boxing, those things as well, too. So we cover a lot of things over there. That's what's up. That's what's up. So y'all can check him out. And you guys go live when? We go live on Thursday nights, and then I go live uh, after every Hornets game on Haps TV um, through Facebook page and everything else, too. So it's it Hornets game night, so I can't complain either. That's what's up. That's what's up. And that is why you are here today to talk about the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and so, you know, right now they are fourth place in the – or fifth place, I'm sorry, fifth place in the East. Mm-hmm. Um, and this has been it's been a very entertaining season, yeah. obviously, with the addition of the rookie uh, LaMelo Ball. And so I just I want to start there coming into the season. What were your expectations for the Hornets as they started this, you know, this pandemic year? The one thing I expected from Charlotte this year was to be competitive. I didn't think they were going to be this good at this point in the year. Um, we they, we saw the end of last year when things started coming together. Malik Monk before he got suspended, we saw what Terry Rozier and Devontae Graham did last year. So you expected Charlotte to be semi-competitive. 
Um, I had them right around 25, about 25, 26 wins or so because it's only a 72-game season. Mm-hmm. So um, I expect them to have a little bit higher win total than last year. But at this point, I didn't expect them to be, we're talking about mid to, mid-March, and they were are literally right now uh, – not that there's a play in the game, but I think if they win tonight, they'll be in fourth place if they yep. uh, Houston's like so. Yep, yep. And I like you, I'm definitely surprised at, at how well they've been playing. Um, and so I want to let's jump into LaMelo. Like, how much of that can be attributed to LaMelo and, and the energy and the spark that he brought, um, as a rookie? I think it's contagious. The guys you can ask any of the guys on the team, he has an energy to him, he's a 19, he's 19 year old, but. People talk about how much he played overseas, but he's not your typical 19-year-old. Um, I don't know if it's the same as like Luka Doncic when it comes to that type of impact, but their games are completely different. What LaMelo has done uh, in the time he's been here since what, November, since he hasn't been here that long, he has transformed a culture. Um, it's to the point now where you see the team running, uh, the pace is better. They're much more exciting. I mean, before the injury, LaMelo Ball and the Hornets were becoming must-watch television in NBA League Pass. It was like almost a nightly basis that you had to watch LaMelo Ball because something special was going to happen. Um, and you have to give James Borrego a lot of credit and, that, and the staff a lot of credit because unlike a lot of situations with rookies, LaMelo Ball had a situation that was different than everybody else. And the difference with LaMelo was the fact of he wasn't expected from day one to be a superstar from day one. He wasn't expected mm-hmm. to start from day one. So when you go from a guy that only played 12 games in Australia uh, and hadn't played in almost literally a year because he got hurt in the end of December of right. 2019. I'm sorry, 2018, he got hurt right before the draft, and he sat out the rest of the season. So for him to get readjusted after a year off and getting a chance to learn the game from a different perspective because he wasn't brought in to be the savior. He wasn't brought in to be the franchise player from day one. You know, Devontae Graham had over 203 points the season before, and Terry Rozier was his first chance of being that leading guy. So he had a chance to learn, and he's grown so much. On both, It's not just the offensive end he's grown on. He's grown on the defensive end. His IQ was already basketball high. It's even better because he's become much more of a smarter player. So the sky's the limit for this kid, and it's unfortunate that he has the fracture, he has the fracture uh, right wrist, but whatever, whatever – if the timetable or well, the timetable is going to say he's out the rest of the season, but it's good. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for next year to see what the team brings and what they do around him. But if the time he was here this year, it was the best of times, the worst of times, let's just say that. Hmm. So you talked about the infectious energy that he brought to the team. Has that translated to the city at all? This city is completely different. Um, too bad. We don't have fans here. Uh, we just started getting fans back a couple of weeks ago um, after the All-Star break. Um, the energy in the city is a lot different. You see LaMelo Ball jerseys everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are are, are waiting for tickets. Um, I know the, the ticket prices are extremely high now. Mind you, with, with, with COVID prices, the Hornets, like every other team in the NBA, they're going to make their money back somehow. All right? Those ticket prices are going through the roof, uh, and you got to buy them at certain pairs because there are restrictions everywhere. But mm-hmm. I think the second – we get everybody back in the building um, at 100% capacity. Charlotte was going to be a, a place where it wasn't what wasn't uh, this place was two years ago. It's going to be hard to find a ticket uh, because people want to watch the mellow ball. That's how that's how big of an impact he is. This he could, I'll be honest with you, Carlos. This guy, the mellow, could be the biggest star Charlotte's had 
going back to the Larry Johnson Alonzo morning days in the nineties. Wow. And no offense, no offense to Kemba Walker either. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I just looking at their record, like at least as far back, I had I didn't go back too far. I went back about three or four years, but this has got to be the latest they've been 500 or better in some time. I mean, just went back and look at the last couple of years. I know they made the playoffs. Um, was it Kimba's last year or next to last year with the Second Hornets? Last year. They made the playoffs. His last year. 39 and 43, they made the playoffs. You know, I, I would presume that they're going to come somewhere mid 30s, maybe high 30 win team. Um, this it, year. it really depends. The road, the road, because they have a road trip coming up. They just they're ending their, their West Coast trip, their final West Coast trip of the year tonight in Houston. Um, they have two games at home, which is Miami and Phoenix over the weekend, Friday and Sunday, and then they go on the road for six more. And it's the it's much more of an Eastern Conference trip, but it's six games on the road, which makes eleven out of thirteen. And if the Hornets can survive this, then the stretch of games at home, and then you're you're really getting you're getting into tax time and getting towards the playoff chase. Survival is the most important thing in the Eastern Conference right now. So with the injury to Melo, what does this do to the to the Hornets going forward and their uh, their chase for for the playoffs? Well, it makes a lot. It, it changes a lot of things, I think, with the front office. The trade deadlines tomorrow, and I think it might have changed the hand of Mitch Kupchak and everything else they were trying to accomplish. Because if they were in if they were in the market of trading Devontae Graham and or Malik Monk, that market is gone now. Because Lamelo is not—I mean, Lamelo being out with a season-ending injury—and I know the franchise has said they're going to reevaluate him in four weeks. But look at—if you look at it like this, Yusef Nurkic broke his hand in January and has not practiced. He's still two weeks away from hitting the court. So if you look at Yusef Nurkic's timeline, for example, it's going on literally ten weeks. The average fracture hand will take six, seven to ten weeks to come back. That's leading into the playoffs. That's and then he had he hasn't practiced. His body's not in shape. He's out for the season. I, I I don't expect him back. And if he comes back in four weeks, I'd be really surprised. And I I just don't risk it at this point. Hmm. Hmm. So you mentioned the trade deadline. Are there any potential moves that Mitch and the and the team can make to try to bolster the roster so that they can, you know, because for those of you who do not know, right, if you haven't been following the NBA. They've implemented the playoff rules that they had last year. They've expanded that to seven teams, seven through ten, right? As long as there's a is there did they say the four game difference rule? Mm-hmm. It's so it's just teams seven. seven through ten, period, have to play in to get into that playoff spot. Like you mentioned before, they're half a game out of home court advantage, which if you had told me that at the beginning of the season, I'd have been saying, no way. Let's um, go to Vegas. but they're half a game away from that and so you know you want to stay out of that you want to make sure at least your top six right so you're not having to play your way in after playing a 70 game season um so so you said there are there any moves that they could make going forward they're they're, the gaping holes at the center position it's a completely gaping hole at center um no offense to cody zeller who cody zeller who's been playing the center position but between his injury and the fact that he doesn't protect the paint very well uh, Bismack Biombo is what he is. He's a guy, if you need him for spot minutes here and there, you know, if you need him to come off the bench, he's fine. But if you need him for longer periods of time, that becomes a serious problem. Now, the market for Charlotte is kind of dry because if you look at Charlotte, I mean, Andre Drummond, people have talked about Andre Drummond, but it doesn't make sense for a team that wants to push the tempo. And two, you have to match $28 million in salary, and the Hornets just doesn't have it right now. 
Um, other options include Hassan Whiteside, but Whiteside can't even get off the bench in Sacramento. So why would you even trade for him in Charlotte in this case? Even though he's from he's from the, he's local to the area. Um, they've talked about Miles Turner, but do they trade Devontae Graham and Cody Zeller, mm-hmm. knowing that you don't have any depth, especially in the backcourt? Um, there are other options on, on on the table. Demarcus Cousins, which I don't see him playing for Charlotte. I see him waiting for a contender to wait for him, like the Lakers or something. I mean, there's the market's not much. Javale McGee, uh, but I think McGee wants to wants to go to Brooklyn, like everybody else. I think Carlos, I think you, I think you were going to sign in Brooklyn next week. I think um, everybody wants to go to Brooklyn. So, I mean, I've, I've heard people talk about Rashard Holmes, uh, Montrez Harrell, which I don't think Lakers would trade Harrell at this point with nobody left, and Rashard Holmes might cost too much. So, I think Mitch is going to have to keep this team at the at the deadline the way it is, unfortunately, but. I would not risk the fa- the salary cap room for the summer trying to make a two-month playoff run, and you might not even guarantee yourself getting out of that play again. Mm, man. Man, so with them being in that five spot, do you think that they can hold on to that? To Can they stay out of that play-in territory, right? Can they hold on and stay between four and six the rest of the season? It's difficult. Atlanta Atlanta is playing phenomenal basketball. They've lost one game since Nate McMillan has taken over the head coaching job. Uh, Indiana is now starting to get healthy. Karis LeVert is now back in the lineup. And even though there have been trade talks for him, uh, Malcolm Brogdon, you've heard about Miles Turner's name being mentioned. Don't, don't forget about Indiana. Miami is getting themselves together. They finally have gotten healthy. And who knows if Miami ends up with Kyle Lowry before the deadline tomorrow. They might end up with LaMarcus Aldridge after the buyout period if he's bought out and sent with the, uh, with the Spurs. So they're, Miami's right there. And then, hey, listen, the New York Knicks have been playing good basketball. Tom Thibodeau, every year Tom Thibodeau takes over a job, that team gets to be better. You, got, you can't sleep on the Knicks either. And there are plenty of teams fighting for that sixth spot. Without LaMelo Ball, they're going to need Malik Monk to step up in the biggest way possible in a free agent year. That's what they need for him to do and go back to the Malik Monk that was uh, scoring, what, 20 points a game, right around 18 to 20 points a game about three or four weeks ago. So do you think that he has that in him, that he can be that guy for him in LaMelo's absence? Malik Monk is a very interesting case. <laughs> Malik Monk is J.R. Smith without J.R. Smith wearing a T-shirt, okay? We all know J.R. <laughs> Smith wearing a T-shirt at the time. Lamelo uh, Malik Monk is a fire plug offensive player. You, you put him in the game, he's going to get buckets. The problem is, if he's not hitting shots, then he is pretty much pointless. Or he plays, he's he's defensively engaged when his shots going down, when he's aggressive. There are nights like he had in that he's five or fifteen from the floor at eleven points, but there's nights he can give you seven for sixteen with six three pointers and twenty six points. He's the one guy on the Charlotte roster, even counting Lamelo Ball, that can score from all three levels and can get to the free throw line consistently. He just has to consistently do it, and that's been the problem for the last four years, and that's why the Hornets haven't put an offer on the table because we haven't seen it him do it for long stretches of time. So he's hit him, he's, he's boom and bust. Mm. So they have – right. well, Devontae Graham is going to be a free agent this offseason, right? Restricted. Restricted. Okay, so they have – uh, scary Terry, you got LaMelo coming back. You signed Gordon Hayward's going to be around for the next three years um, after this season. So looking, let's project a little bit. If you were, if you, I'm going to put you in the front office. What are you looking for after this season to try to push this team? I, I mean, I, obviously the way the Nets are currently constructed, 
they're maybe they're out of the picture, right? I think if you look at the East, you're looking at the 76ers and the Nets kind of as the, the top tier teams in the East. So how do they push forward and become kind of that top of the next tier in 2021-22 going forward? Well, the real question is, which one do you value more? Do you value Malik Monk more? Or do you value Devontae Graham more? That's the first question you have to figure out because you only can keep one. You can't keep both. Cody Zeller's contract comes off the books, and you know, and that's I, I don't think they resign him unless it's a, a cheaper number. You're obviously going to need to go find a big. The part about this year being so, I would say, catch 22-ish is the fact of you would have thought the Hornets would have wanted to be in the chance to maybe maybe get an Evan Mobley because free agents don't really run to Charlotte. This is something that hasn't happened. Um, the last major free agent signed here was Al Jefferson, and that was really kind of a trade situation. Um, guys don't sign here on on Willie just because they, because Lamella Ball might change that because he's a pass first point guard. But the the market this summer is Andre Drummond and what's left of the bigs is really what's left. I think you have to go find a big of the draft. And the one thing Charlotte could do is outside of Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, who has an expiring contract after next season, is, the, is that if you can do what they've done with the, with the, team, the players in Greensboro, Charlotte has done a great job with, with developing players from Greensboro. You go back to Devontae Graham, uh, Cody Martin, uh, Caleb, Caleb Martin's on the rotation, uh, you know, Jalen McDaniels, and they still have two guys that haven't really seen much court time this year, and Nick Richards and Vernon Carey, they, who they got the second round this year. Mm-hmm. So I think they, they might try to find a big that can help out. Nothing major. Um, listen, I don't think they'll trade for a Carl Anthony Towns because they don't have you know that type of arsenal and firepower to go get a cat in the offseason. But I think if I'm the general manager, I think I'd go out and try to find, find somebody that's going to be economical. And you have $20 million in cap space. I think you can go find somebody to go plug the paint at twenty million dollars. My guys, Jonas Valanciunas, but I think the I think the Grizzlies are going to open that checkbook up for for for, for Joe Val. So, mm, mm. okay, well, we will see. Um, shout out to my homie Jesse Abbey in the comments. He said Drummond is not the look, nice stats, but worthless stats. Yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see. He's Minnesota Kevin loved me. Oh, <laughs> I actually just saw a, a, a video recently of Kevin Love. He had a 50-point game anniversary against the uh, OKC Thunder. And I think that was always a knock on him, right? It was always empty calories. It was, okay, you're putting up 20 and 10, but your team is always – It wasn't 20 It was, hey, what, Carlos, it was like 26 and 15. Like, there – as much as, you know, Kevin looks – you know, Kevin streamlined his body, you know, got himself into a lot better shape, but – I'm sorry. Fat Kevin Love was way better than skinny Kevin Love. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. So we got a couple more minutes. I know you got to get ready for the game tonight. Who, who are the Hornets taking on tonight? The Houston, the, the Victor Oladipo list Houston Rockets. Oof. So they finally, they got off the schneid, right? Like they lost 20 straight, and I think they finally got they beat the Raptors. Victory. They beat the, they ironically beat the Toronto Raptors, who that could have been Kyle Lowry's final game in Toronto. Who knows? Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, so I got a couple more questions for you and I'll let you go. Did you do, I know you've done, you know, bracket challenges and brackets before. Did you fill out a bracket this year? My bracket was shot before dinner time on, on, on Friday, before, <laughs> before dinner time even got here in Charlotte. Like I was, I was getting my haircut Friday afternoon and I just saw my bracket literally implode in about a good 40 minutes. Um, when my sleeper team, I picked the wrong sleeper team. So Utah state is a sleeper and the bracket got, uh, ousted by Texas Tech, and then Ohio State went down in flames literally 20 minutes later. Um, my bracket shot. I think I have one team left in the Final Four. Oh, wow. uh, 
Yeah, thank you, Shaka Smart, um, because you proved me wrong on that one. Uh, Illinois was the was the one team I didn't expect to. I expected Illinois and Gonzaga to get out of the first weekend. I didn't expect Illinois to lose to. But you know what? Give give Loyola Chicago a lot of credit because because Sister Jean is cheat code. I no offense. She's I want them to lose so bad. Like I didn't pick. I knew that they could beat Illinois. I knew it was a possibility. I didn't pick them because I don't want to see that lady on the screen all the time when they play. It, no offense to her. Shout out to God, you know. But now nah, I'm straight. I'm she's straight. cheat code. But she's cheat code. Doesn't matter <laughs> if she's in the building. Listen, they got. They're gonna. I think they're gonna beat Oregon State on was a Saturday. I think it's Saturday. I think they play Saturday. Yeah. And listen. If, if Loyola Chicago will get Illinois Chicago is back to Loyola Chicago is back to the Final Four, she will. They're going to raise her. They're going to raise her red shirt to the, the, the Raptors. I'm telling you. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. So last question. I'm gonna get you out here so you can get ready for the game. So my guy A Ward who's going to be joining us here in a couple of minutes at the top of the hour. He started a little bit of a social media controversy over who's the real Mellow, Carmelo Anthony, the Mellow Ball. So for you and the guys who cover the team, is it who is he LaMelo and then Carmelo Anthony is the real Melo? For I the guys who cover him every day. I I mean I've always I've always mentioned him as LaMelo. Um you know, I think that it will become much more commonplace when Carmelo finally uh takes his place in uh in Springfield as a first battle hall of famer. Um but as of now Melo's you know, Melo is OG Mellow is double zero. Mellow is Portland. So I refer to Mr. Ball as LaMelo, and I refer to Carmelo as Mellow. Well, there you have it. From, from the man who covers the Hornets day in, day out, he's Danny Thompson, beyond the buzzer radio, covering the Atlanta Dream, the Phoenix Mercury, which shots of Phoenix Mercury, which has my favorite women's player of all time, Dana Rossi. She can give you buckets. She can give you buckets. Um, and the Charlotte Hornets. So I'm going to let you get out of here so you can cover your game tonight. I appreciate you joining us. It will not be the last time. And uh, like you said, yeah, we'll we'll see. Maybe next time we'll, we will both have leveled up again. And we'll, maybe we can actually do this in studio next time. Let's dream big. Let's think big. I mean, let's dream big. But mind you, we got to get rid of that shirt. That 49 shirt's got to go. <laughs> All right. Hey. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing. Because, you know, Kyle, my coach, is a 49ers guy. So okay. I gotta hear I gotta I gotta hear 49ers talk on a regular basis. And no, the 49ers are trash tastic. Okay. All right. Unfortunately, Deshaun Watts ain't showing up there no time soon. Um, so yeah, that'll be the last Super Bowl shirt y'all be wearing for a while. Enjoy oh, that. Oh wow. If they get a quarterback, they get a quarterback. That's all that's that's all they're missing. I mean, but it, it, the same thing. If you get a quarterback, if you get a quarterback, if the Bears got a quarterback, if the Falcons had a defense. I mean, if the Panthers had a real team, they're just different. They're different what ifs and sports <laughs> that we could say. So let me ask you: You're a Falcons fan, die hard. What do you think of the moves that they, the things that they've done thus far in this offseason? Getting Arthur Smith, right? Do you think? Well, let me ask you this: it, What they have a top ten pick? So do you replace and get a new quarterback? Because I've seen a lot of my drafts. I've seen um, the young man from Ohio State, Justin Fields. I've seen some Mac Jones. Do you go quarterback? If Mac Jones is drafted by the Falcons, I might have to change teams as well. <laughs> um, if I take a quarterback at four, the one I would want to be Trey Lance. Um, I watched the pro day. Um, the guy, the kid throws a tight spiral. He reminds so much of Steve McNair. 
I mean, he reminds me of McNair and I don't want a quarterback at four. I really don't. Um, they restructured the contract to making sure Matt Ryan's going to be there for at least another two seasons. Give Matt Ryan one more shot at this. For me, I want defense because Atlanta couldn't tackle last year. We've we, we been plenty of games where the Falcons have given up four quarter leads because guess what? Nobody can tackle on defense. Yeah. Um, or you go get a left tackle and build the offensive line. Um, we got Mike Davis the other day, so I was I was happy with, with Mike Davis. Um, very cheap, very – we didn't have any cap – Atlanta had no cap room. Matt Ryan had to restructure his contract. Uh, we had a couple other guys restructure contracts. We lost a lot of guys on defense. So I think this should be a defensively-led draft. If I can choose one player at four, and I know he's sliding on everybody's draft boards, but give me Michael Parsons of Penn State. Mm-hmm. Him and Deion Jones running around terrorizing people because I mentioned this on the show before. When you were at number 11 at Penn State linebacker, you got to be pretty good. Facts. Facts. All right. All right. Well, cool. Cool. Well, like I said, I'm going to let you get to the game. Um, I appreciate you joining us. Like I said, it won't be the last time and uh, look to seeing you again in the future. Hey, well, I always appreciate it, my man. Let me know. Yes, sir. All right. That is Danny Thompson of Beyond the Buzzer Radio covering. Again, they cover all, all sports on their show, but he specifically covers the Hornets. He covers the Phoenix Mercury Atlanta Dream um danny's a good brother we go back to the radio days when i was doing radio um shout out to praise 95 um urban talk 100 you know rp to that but shout out to the good people there um and so we're headed towards the top of the hour and as promised the homie a will be joining us shortly he might be running a few minutes behind knowing him but we're going to see matter of fact it's on me i need to send him the link so let me go ahead and send him the link yo for those who are watching live Thank you. Please share the broadcast. Please like the broadcast. The more you share, the more people who are tuned into the show. Shout out to those in the comments section. Shout out to the, my homie Jesse. Um, he was the one that, that brought the comment about drumming. Shout out to the homie Tavita, who is a Hornets fan. He says Hornets by 10 tonight. Um, he says Fields to Carolina. Okay, okay. He's claiming that. Uh, shout out Jesse. Jesse, uh, Danny, he said that you were a great guest. This is what we try to do on the show, right? We're trying to level up. He talked about back when uh, me and Danny first connected, we were on phone lines doing radio. Now we're here digitally doing things in person. And so, like I said, hopefully we can continue to level up and do good things. And so he's done. He's covered the NFL. Um, he's covered the NBA and he's a really good dude. And like I said, been rocking with him since the Orlando day. So again, beyond the buzz of radios live on Thursday nights, and he will be live tonight after the Hornets game. Please support that brother, support good people doing good things. Also, if you're in the comment section on my Facebook live, make sure you click the video directly so that I can see your comment and get it on the screen. Um, so give me just a second, y'all. I'm going to get this invite to a ward so he can actually get in on the show and if he's ready then we are going to uh get it popping with uh we got we're gonna be talking some battle rap tonight uh fade three went down this weekend john john the don versus ace Amin was the main event we'll be talking that we'll be talking obviously the ncaa tournament we're going to give an update on our bracket challenge um that went down that that has gone down we're at the halfway point now so we're going to have an update on that as well um yeah so that's what's coming up next on the show. We might get into some other things. I know he's going to have um, some, what's the word I'm looking for? He's going to have some cards that he's going to go top tier award. Go follow that on Instagram where he is going to be showing you the best cards and best pulls that he gets from his um, from his selection of, of trading cards. And we're going to have a good time, y'all. So 
Give me just a second. Let's see if we can get this thing popping. <laughs> While you're waiting, if you want to jump in the comment section, man, and just what have you, what have you, what have you learned this week? What have you learned from watching the NCAA tournament? Maybe free agency. Here's one thing I know that I've learned. Um, hey, remember when the Chiefs were going to get all the free agents? Do you remember that? You remember that? I mean, I had all my friends, um, you know, in in group chats on social media. I can't wait till we get this guy. We're gonna get this guy, we're gonna get that guy. And yeah, yeah, about that. <laughs> Everyone thought that the Chiefs are just gonna be able to say, Hey, you want to come play with Patrick Mahomes? And that was going to be the thing that got people to sign. It's not looking that way, although. There are still some decent free agents out there to be had for the Chiefs. Um, as of right now, it's not looking like that wish list they had is going from, you know, kind of top of the line to like, you know, let me let me see. They went from, ah, man, from Dr. Pepper to Dr. Thunder in terms of the free agents. Now, there's not to say that those guys can't be good, that they won't be quality uh, assets and that they won't make a difference for the Chiefs in their pursuit for a third AFC conference title. But. You know, when you were talking about Allen Robinson franchise, Kenny Galladay signed with the Giants, Juju Smith-Schuster went back to Pittsburgh. That's just the wide receivers. Offensive tackle, Trent Williams, <laughs> he goes back to he goes back to San Francisco. Um, they got Joe Tooney. Shout out to that to get Kyle Long, but they still have they still need to finish filling out that offensive line. They still need to finish filling out um the defensive side of the ball they don't have a, another pass rusher to put on the opposite side of frank clark clark the secondary still needs to be fortified you only got so many draft picks and with the team that is has the window open as the chiefs has because of patrick mahomes because of that offense you don't want to be in a rebuild mode you want to be in a reload mode and right now it's uh to quote ill will when the two on two with uh with rum nitty and he's like, hold on, let me get it together. That's where they are right now. They're trying to get it together, and it is not coming together right now um, on, on the uh, on the <laughs> free agency front for the Chiefs. Shout out to the homie Tavita. He said, COVID cap, humble people, finance is important for stable, stable stability. And he's right. COVID squeeze, like they talked about, because the salary cap dropped, I believe it was $16 million dip in the salary cap from uh, from the previous year to this year, it has caused a lot of, of free agents to be kind of squeezed and not be able to sign the deals that they thought they were going to get. Like, listen, shout out to Juju Smith-Schuster. Like, I, shout, I, I'm going to make another shout out. Shout out to Tony Kornheiser who said the answer to all your questions is money, right? Juju Smith-Schuster went back to, to Pittsburgh on a one-year deal. I think it's like $10 million or $8 million. Um, and he talked about he loved the city of Pittsburgh. He just couldn't imagine leaving. So let me get this straight, Juju. You love the city of Pittsburgh so much that you signed a one-year deal to stay there. You know why he did that? Because he wants to wait for that cap to blow up. Um, they got the TV deals signed, TV contracts signed. Fans are going to be back in the stands. That salary cap is going to explode going into the following offseason. Juju Smith-Schuster gets to be a 1A, 1B uh, pass-catching prospect along with chase claypool and if he gets and if he gets to be that guy like he can put up another 80 90 catch yard season thousand yard season maybe eight plus tds and then when the when the salary cap bumps back up in 2022 now he's able to command 18 million dollars a year hey shout out to kenny galladay he got his 18 million that's what he wanted the giants gave him 18 million dollars a year which people were shocked at 
Um, but a lot of these free agents are signing one-year, two-year deals. The cornerback market is depressed. Wide receiver market is depressed. Some offensive linemen, obviously, like we talked about, Trent Williams got paid, Joe Tooney got paid, but most players are signing smaller deals so they can they can get back into free agency so they can then, um, you know, get another bite at the apple, so to speak. So y'all let us know what you think, man. What do you think about free agency thus far? Who's killed it? Who hasn't? We talked about last week. Shout out to uh, Angela Roulette, who joined us last week on the show um, to talk about free agency. Bill Belichick has been doing his thing in free agency, racking up lots of really good talent. Um, the Giants have made a lot of moves. The Texans have made a lot of moves, but I don't know if those moves are going to be you know, kind of crazy. Right. I, I don't I don't I didn't see a signing that made me go, OK, this is a team that's going to go from four wins to maybe seven or eight. Right. They got Tyrod Taylor, who's probably going to be their starting quarterback. And I guess while we're here, right, we'll jump into the Deshaun Watson topic, which, you know, when this story first broke, um, when this story first broke, I didn't. On this show, we only record once a week. And so there are stories that we might get into that. We let play out. Right. Like, I don't I don't want to be the first to talk about something. Sometimes I want to I want to sit and marinate and think about these subjects. Sometimes I want to wait and see how the story plays out. And so when it came to Deshaun, um, there are a lot of thoughts. Right. This was a heavy topic of discussion in multiple group chats. I'm in because we all sports is a common thread in a lot of these group chats. Um, and. And so I wanted to sit back and wait. And, you know, I think there was some discussion about, well, you know, this is just the Texans looking to smear the man because he doesn't want to play with them anymore. Right. Like this. It's so funny. Right. That when he decides he doesn't want to be with Carolina anymore, that he doesn't want to be with the team. That all of a sudden now allegations of women um, saying that he's sexually assaulted them comes out. Um, and I'll and initially. I'll say this. This is my person. This is my personal position, how I work these things out when stories of assault come out sexual assault allegations come out, I start at the position of the woman is telling the truth because studies data has shown that when women come out with these allegations, overwhelmingly, they are telling the truth and that the woman who is lying is the exception and not the rule. So I start there. Right. But you have to because we we are in a, in a country where you're you're innocent until proven guilty. Right. You have to also go. Well, what if what if this is a fabrication. What if this is a money grab? And this is what some of Deshaun's team and Rusty Harden's lawyer have alleged that this is just a money grab, that they are trying to come after him for financial gain. Right. Um, I've even even talked about, well, well, what if what if this is is maybe on the lawyer's part? Maybe he just wants to run a smear campaign on Deshaun and it's not a, a larger plot on the Texans, but it is almost kind of like um, the election was stolen type vibes. Right where you get so many people to come out, these things end up being not true. And, but yet his name, the state, the damage is done, right? Like we'll always think about the 2020 election and about voter fraud and all the cases and all the court cases, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, even through all of that, even all of that machination and all that thinking and all that conspiracy stuff, I end up coming right back to my first starting point, which is what if these women are telling the truth? And if you go and look at the amount of women who have come forward, if you say it was one woman, if it was two women, um, OK, man, you might be able to spin that as this is just someone who's out to get me. But now we're talking 14 who all have similar stories. Now, 
We'll wait for this to play out. We'll see what happens as we go forward. But as of now, this is not a good look for Deshaun. This is a terrible look for Deshaun. Um, and I don't know how where, what this means for his career. I don't know what this means for um, his ability to play next year, whether it's with the Texans or some other team. But if he is innocent, the time might be now to start coming out with some facts that at least in the court of public opinion, which is where this is being tried right now, that get people to see this thing in a different light. Because I think it was Dan Wessel of Yahoo came out with a story of all the allegations and everything that's been alleged to this point, And it did not look good. Um, in the comment section, shout out to Tavita. Um, he mentions this was a case of someone who was uh, who was exonerated. Sean Oakman was a star player at Baylor. Um, he was accused, I believe, of rape. Um, he was acquitted um, after a trial. Um, let's see what else. Um, been waiting for for me to bring this up. Frankly, I think this is a ser serious problem, if true, which might be the reason he wanted out of Houston. I mean, but that's that's this is the type of thing you cannot outrun. That was my dad, by the way. This is not the kind of thing you can outrun. And here's the thing I also want to bring up about the situation. We don't know these people like as much as I personally like Deshaun Watson and think that he's done a lot of good things for the communities. He has always seemed to be a stand up guy. These type of cases let you know we don't truly know people. No matter how much we might root for them, no matter how much we might follow them on social media and follow their lives, that we they, these people are only showing us what they want us to see. Um, and we we can't make any assumptions about the innocence of Deshaun Watson or the or the guilt of Deshaun Watson and vice versa for these accusers. But like I said, for me, I default on believing the women first and let's see where we go from there and see if. What if their allegations are true or false? And by the way, I believe the the site, if you want to check on stats on sexual assault and abuse of women, you can go to rain.org. It is two ends in rain, R-A-I-N-N.org. Um, shout out to the comment section again, the homie Tavita. I'm still waiting for the facts. Wrong is wrong. The timing is horrible. Uh, my dad said, I think he's done for a while. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to bring that Dave Chappelle comment up. I'm going to leave that right there on the page, though. But shout out <laughs> shout out to you. Also, shout out to the homie A-Ward. He is going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Um, so like I said, coming up, once he joins us, we're going to get into a little bit of battle rap. We're going to talk a little bit of NCAA, see what he thinks about um, free agency, any of the moves. And like I said, he's going to reveal to us a couple of cool finds um, in his pursuit of uh, trading card, his, I don't want to call it a hustle. Um, but also, while we're at it, I am award.com for everything award related. Um, and I am loso.com for everything loso, not I am loso.com, everything loso.com for everything loso related. Um, wrong is wrong at the end of the day. Yes, you are right, Tavita. I'm trying to think, what else have I learned this week? Oh, so I'm going to jump into this a little early while I vamp and wait for my codes to join me. So, the other thing I learned this week, speaking of brackets, the Big Ten, frauds, all of them. I All of them, frauds. All right. So in my I watch I watched a lot of Big Ten basketball this year. I'm like, hey, Illinois, pretty good. Uh, Michigan, pretty good. Ohio State, pretty good. Iowa, Luca Garza, pretty good. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at all these teams. I have them making pretty deep runs. I had Illinois and Ohio State. I believe either I had Illinois in the title game. 
I had Ohio State, I believe, either making the Elite Eight or making the Final Four. Ohio State, gone the first round. Illinois, like I said, shout out to Sister Jean. But I, I can go without ever seeing her again. Um, she doesn't make a shot. She doesn't coach. She doesn't do anything. But her face is always on the screen. I picked against Loyola for that simple fact that I did not want to see that woman on the screen. Again, shouts out to her. She's a sweet old lady. Um, but Illinois, out of here. Ohio State, out of here. Iowa gets ran out of the gym by uh, Oregon, I believe. Not a believer. Not, I, I'm never going to believe them again. I'm never going to believe in, in them again. The other thing that I learned is that we should have been putting a little bit more uh, – we should have been putting a little bit more respect on the Pac-12's name. No. We did not put, we did, yes, we should have been putting more respect on the Pac-12's name. We should have been staying up late and watching their basketball no, games no, right no. now. No. All of their teams except for one are still playing. Colorado is the only one who's went home, and even they won a game before they got sent home. Oregon State's still here. Oregon is still here. Uh, who am I missing out of this group? USC is still here. Um, and I think there's one more that I'm missing that's still playing. Like all of their teams are still here. UCLA's won three games, right? UCLA went from went from playing game to Sweet 16 and have looked pretty good in all of those games. Shouts out to myself. That's the only that's one major pick that I got right because I had the. Granted, I thought it was Michigan State who would do this, but I had those teams making a run into the Sweet 16. So you know, but speaking of, they're here. Shout out to A Ward, who's now in the building. In the building, uh, joining us tonight. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I uh, sorry for my tardiness. I apologize. No, you good. You good. You know, I was able to vamp and hold it down until until you got here. You know, sometimes when when I'm being a I with this new platform on Streamyard, you know, it kind of leads to a little bit of a production side that I do. So I'm good at multitasking. Mm. Um, so and I'm so good yeah, multis. So, oh, while we're in the what I learned this week is um, we talked about last week that there was going that we might be looking or two weeks ago that we might be looking at a paradigm shift in college basketball. That things are really starting to change out here. And um, yeah, things might really be changing out here. So, again, I'm going to bring my favorite team into the mix. North Carolina Tar Heels, they get blown out in the first round by Wisconsin, thoroughly dominated. The first time Roy Williams has ever lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament, which is quite remarkable when you think about it. Um, Considering I think, Bill Self does it just about every year. <laughs> um, but Walker Kessler, one of their highly tied freshmen, you think about it, um, is transferring, okay. um, or um, not Armando Baycott, Dayron Sharp is going to the Come on to Tennessee, Kessler! Oh, man. He's going to the NBA draft. Uh, I'm pretty sure Caleb Love, whose father kind of tweeted out some cryptic tweets, is going to be gone. And listen, I am I try to take it easy on kids because these are kids playing basketball, not for free because they are getting an education, but they're not getting paid by having something put in their bank account. Um, it's not a good fit. So Caleb Love is going to be out. And so I don't know what the heck Carolina is going to look like next year. Who else might lead the program? But ugh, it's looking they're saying that this pandemic year is going to open up the transfer portal like never before because you don't have to sit out a year. And so we might really see a huge paradigm shift in college basketball uh, once the season is finally done and over with. Um, I think that's all I've learned this week. Y'all hit us up. Let us know what you learned this week by going and following us on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. Search your brains and bars and let us know what you learned this week. Um, Ward, what are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to this week? That's a good question. You know, 
most of everything I'm looking forward to right now is all battle rap related. That's literally uh, my entire life right now. So um, what I am looking forward to this week is Double Impact, Rookies vs. Vets edition from URL. Um, that's going to be this weekend. I think it's going to be a very, very entertaining um, weekend of battle rap. Um, you know, something that you just seeing guys that have never paired up and been two on twos before, no matter what is going to be entertaining just to see how they um, perform and the chemistry that they have. So I'm definitely looking forward to double impact. Um, I'm also looking forward to um, this weekend, sweet 16 coming up. Um, and uh, hopefully um, a few more upsets. I just feel like I was all about Gonzaga going into this tournament. And now I'm just not, I'm just, I, I swear, I think it's going to be like, UCLA versus, you know, I don't know, some other like eight seed or something to that. You know, like I just I just get the feeling that it's going to be the most random two teams playing in the in the uh, championship game. So but I still am looking forward to that. And um, what else? Uh, I still haven't got my stimulus check. So hopefully I'm looking mm. forward to getting my stimulus check. This week. <laughs> I need my stimulus check. Yeah. Yeah, I need my, I need my. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Man, back to writing. That's me. Back to writing, man. Back to writing. All right, let's. Uh, matter of fact, so we talked about when we're going to get into battle rap, um, on the show. So let's go ahead and stay there real quick. Um, let's talk about that. So, um, we'll start with you first, right? So ill will coming up April third. Yeah. Um, on RBE max out. Shout out to uh, ARP and the whole crew. Um. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Cassidy and Hitman Holla face off hitting three mil, uh, hitting a million. I'm sorry, views in three days, which is crazy, crazy. Um, so I, how is how is the writing process going as you get as you anticipate that battle and uh, and taking on ill will? It's going all right. You know, when I first locked the battle in, I wrote like a lot of material, which was dope. Like when you get excited for a battle, you're able to like write a lot, and then you kind of hit that wall. You know, and then this last 10 days, you know, you're writing and memorizing like crazy. So, um, you know, uh, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling real good. Um, I'm feeling good about the event. Um, I think we saw last week, if anybody's a Bayrat fan, we saw last week that big stages and Atlanta crowds can definitely pose um, some issues, you know. Uh, so I'm excited to kind of fill out the crowd and just get back on the stage and see how see how all that works out. Um you know, this week, uh, ARP has been dropping all kinds of videos of everybody's predictions and everybody talking about the event, you know, and so it's been kind of dope just from my standpoint hearing Cassidy, you know, uh, shout me out and say that he had me beat No Red and, you know, Hitman Holla. He picked Ill Will, but he also said that, you know, uh, that he really liked, you know, my style, that I was nice and stuff. And then Big K picked Ill Will 3-0, no debate, and said that I was trash. So, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, you know, it's been it's been fun, man. It's been fun. Had a good interview with ARP yesterday. Hopefully, it's gonna drop tonight or tomorrow. It's gonna be it's a pretty dope interview. Um, so, um, yeah, just just getting ready, bro. Just getting ready, trying to get locked in. That's what's up. That's what's up. So let's. Uh, I have a question about crowds and Atlanta crowds, but first, I want to get into uh, Fade Three went down this past weekend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't want to. We don't have to go battle by battle. We really want to talk about the main event. Uh, but I do want to highlight, you know, some of the some of the good performances or just some of the battles. Um, you know, you first you had uh, Reggie versus Six Eight. I had Reggie winning that three zero. Um, you had then after that you had PC and Clone. 
So shout out to Clone. I will say this, right? So I have been kind of burning the candle on both ends, staying up late, getting up early, and I was super tired. My wife had cut on uh, the, the Snyder cut of um, Justice League. Justice League. I'm laying down on the couch, kind of, you know, I'm I'm listening to the battle, got my eyes on the screen, but my eyes are getting heavy. I'm falling asleep. And then it's the end of his third. He comes out with the, I already had a Mac. You got, you out here giving me this old PC. And I went like this from the couch, oh! <laughs> sat straight up like that was crazy. That was oh, I cannot life. wait for this YouTube video to drop. I, that is going to be my next <laughs> gift right there. That That's going to be the next gift I use in all of the groups, bro. That is perfect. Oh man. So, you know, so that was a crazy line from him. He had a dope performance. Um, Flacco versus Riggs. I had Riggs winning that battle pretty clearly. Yeah, Although I do want to run back that battle and watch it again because I think Flacco might have some material that didn't land with that didn't land in the building. Oh, I know, I know. You've had some back and forth with Flacco. Um you can't just call me out and say my battle with Riggs was light and then go get 30 by Riggs. Then like five days later, like, bro, <laughs> I mean, hey. humble yourself, young man. Hey. Um, and then after that, you had the main event, right? Main event was mm -hmm. Ace Amin and, and John John. And so, you know, I, I thought it was a dope back and forth. Um, I know you went in more of a little bit more of an extensive bar breakdown. I know we, we talked about this in the groups and then you kind of went back and said, look, I think in the moment, you had Ace Amin winning pretty clearly. Clear, yeah. You went back and watched it, and did you come back to the same result? I came back to the same winner. I didn't come back to as clear as what I necessarily had. Just sometimes you just got to factor in everything, you know, and, and, and then you have to start thinking, like, man, I've judged other battles like this, and I've used this. You can't be biased, you know what I mean? And so um, I had the first round was the clearest round. Ace Amin won the first round clearly to me. Mm -hmm. The second round that people are giving John John to Don is not close. It's not clear to me. Like it's not, it's very, it's a close round. And in that second round, Ace I mean has the 10 years and got me. Ace I mean has the, um, uh, there's another big haymaker that he hits. Um, oh man, I don't have my notes here, but there's literally two or three big haymakers that he hits. He goes on like another string towards the end, and it's just it's just a close round that I edge uh, to Ace I mean, you know. And then in the third round, John John's kind of all over the place a little bit. Ace takes an angle, an angle that is a to me a dope angle, not really been executed against John John yet. Um, I thought he had good material. Um, but then Ace like noticeably like cuts his third short however it still was long enough like it was like i think it was still like three and a half or four, four minutes. minutes yeah 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 so battle rap stats post all the numbers and stuff but i'm the kind of person where your rounds got to come full circle you know what i mean and like i feel like you have to when you start your round you have to end your round you know and so that third to me is is another debatable round you know and so like i think that's the thing to me is like when people say they got john john winning like edging the battle i'm not mad at that because i think second and third to me are debatable rounds and the first is the only clear round that and i had ace i mean taking the first so all right all right so um yeah i got ace the first is the clearest round of the battle i had ace taking the first um i had i know we just we have disagreed on this i have john in the second um i do think you know the line about I went from go get it to I got it. Um, like he had a couple of 
Love that line. I don't know if the second round was when he did. Uh, I got hit with a strapped in. I got hit with a translation. I mean something different. That was the third. Okay. Yeah, that, that was, was the third. other line. Was that was the other line that I liked a lot from John John. Um. Yeah. I mean, and I tell you this. I think the second is close. So when I, I haven't, I watched it back when it dropped on YouTube on the bullpen channel um that morning and i still had john edge in the second but i could be convinced maybe on the third watch ago eh, maybe ace got that second um yeah. i thought ace got the third even though i understand the ending wasn't you know it wasn't as clear or as it didn't end on a high note right he just cut the round short i guess for me i know a lot of people talked about well the the domestic violence angle went a little bit long i think that might be because people are uncomfortable about the subject matter yeah 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 like, his his whole first round is about the incident. Yeah, like, the thing about it uh, though is like in the in the big stages when you're trying to angle for a whole round, you know, like even if it is, uh, even if they are cool with the subject matter at first, like angles like for a whole round on a big stage are they're, they're tough to execute. You know, you have yeah. to really be punching hard. You know, and I thought Ace was. You know, like how's she gonna be a leader when she got to follow a restraining order? Like you know, like all of these, you know, the shelter, the shelter bar, all of these things are just crazy. Um, I think that, you know, Ace is my guy, but one thing he has to realize is he has to figure out how to um, build up to these, these, these heavy punches a little bit better than the way he raps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, so I made a tweet and I, and this is why I had Ace. I mean, and I think this is what it comes down to Ace. I mean, had more filler than John, John did Don. When I say filler, I just mean like, rapping like he's rapping in context to build up things or whatever but it's just it's it's kind of like just rapping 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 to be john john had more bad bars bad writing than ace i mean you know so whereas if i'm punch counting and i'm saying the second round ace has 10 dope punches and john john has 12 dope punches i'm not counting against ace heavily for filler and i am counting against john john for the four terrible lines that i had to hear in between those 12 you know what i mean yeah. so that's kind of how i how i looked at you know a couple of those close rounds all right so now i want to get to the question that i had about the crowd right because shot i mean listen we we've been i've been to an atlanta event um atlanta versus everybody where you took on carter deems um to me atlanta crowds can be chatty now every battle rap crowd if there's a large event to a certain extent, there's going to be a crowd disruption because for some reason, people pay their money to go to battle rap events and talk. Wait, hold hey. on. Did you go to Danny Myers? I did not go to Danny Myers. Oh, I was thinking man. about that earlier because something always, like with the big matches, something oh, yeah, always right. comes up. When I, the, right. one that, one, the ones that I really want to go to, yeah. something happens and I can't go. And I was yeah, thinking yeah. about that and I was like, something came up and I couldn't go to that event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I had a funeral. I think I ended up going out of town when you yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah, um, so, I've been, but I'll, I'll bring that up. I felt like Atlanta crowds have been really, really chatty at that uh, Genesis event. Mm -hmm. They had to get back that same day. They were really chatty. Um, I felt like, at, eh, I mean, Atlanta versus everybody, you had certain people. There wasn't everybody as a whole. Um, but Resolution, when URL went down there for Resolution, which is, I think, is Goods and Cassidy might have been the main event for that one. They were really chatty. And for, uh, yeah, that's four battles. So that's four where they've just been really talkative. So, I want to ask you, knowing that one Cass is going to uh, is the main event, which means he's going to bring a legion of his fans will be in the building. It's going to right. be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a large room event. Does this watching 
watching what happened at Fade, does that impact how you prepare for this battle against Ill Will at all? Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I mean, and I, I, don't, I hate to say that I'm like changing anything up heavily, you know, um, but um, just how you structure your rounds, you know, like I said, if I have angles, then I, you know, I might have had two angles and I was going to make that my third round where it's, you know, 24 bars and 24 bars. Now I might go and say, you know what, I might only angle you know, eight to 16 here, get back to punch and get back, you know, so I don't, you know, so yeah, you, you got to think about all that kind of stuff, you know, and there's bars, man, that I, <laughs> that I thought of that I'm like, yo, this, this is going to hit on stage. Like I probably would never say this in like a, a small, you know, room setting or whatever. So yeah, it definitely does. Um, uh, man, it's, it, it poses a situation with, with me and ill will where, Ill Will is so simple and charismatic and captivating on a big stage, you know, like I don't think the Atlanta crowd is going to affect him and his material nearly as much as it will me and my material, you know. And so I think I probably have to go back to the drawing board, be more mindful, you know, about that type of stuff than he than he will have to be. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Cool. Um, Anything else better rap you want to hit before we jump into sports? Um, uh, impact. Now nah, we don't got to talk about double impact, really. Um, now nah, I'm good. I'm just sharing our stuff on Instagram so people will tune in. So let me ask you this: um, as it relates to double or double impact four with this rookies event setting, who are you? I will just we'll ask this, and we'll move on to sports. Like, which group are you most interested in seeing? Um, definitely B dot and uh sick uh real sick yeah yeah i think that's pretty clear um b dot and real sick to me are the two um that i'm yeah i'm super excited to see all right i'm trying to think will i yeah, let me look i'm let me look and see here uh top and twerk t top and twerk um oh my bad you know it's, i was thinking rookies bets type stuff you know obviously i that the main event to me is going to be like you know um probably the one battle that's that i'm that i'm gonna be glued to the tv but uh actually but yeah, a lot a lot tay rock and easy yeah. tay listen i have i have been on record maybe not on the podcast but i've been on record in, in group chats and saying tay rock or easy is the new generation of tay rock like this is he is tay rock 2.0 he's, he's gonna be the people's champ like if tay I don't know. Granted, battle rap, you know, battle rappers have they have a battle rap lifespan, so they never really go away. But I think Easy is on his way of being the new face of URL. He's everywhere. He's always promoing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I think crowds. I don't relate is not the word that I that I want to use, but I feel like crowds find him and get he's able to engage a crowd, I think, or at least some of these smaller rooms. Right. We haven't seen him on a big stage. And I yeah. don't know be on a big stage yet but i i just think he has that potential to be the new tay rock um to do it in his own way so that's the group that's the one that's the group i want to see together yeah i ain't mad at that that's a yeah, that's i mean that that's what i think is most exciting about this event like you know they say like two on twos are the all-star game well this is like a this is a weird version of the all-star game you know what i mean it's like a it's definitely very different so it's if it was just kind of the same old two on twos battling i'd, I'd kind of be like you know i've seen it before i wouldn't be as excited but i think you know why I'm I'm super excited is because of of the the different matchups. So, all right, that's what's up. So y'all let us know what y'all think, man. Hit us up by going to 
um, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Brains and Bars. Let us know what y'all think about Double Impact Four. What who what groups are you looking forward to seeing this uh, weekend? Um, give us your thoughts on Fade Three. Who you got winning, Ace Amina, John, John, and Don? I feel like the consensus is there is no consensus. I think people have it as a debatable. Um, I think you know early on most people had John, John winning, but I think people who've had the ability to go back and watch it are kind of coming to a different conclusion. Um, yeah, just let, let us know what y'all think about battle rap, man. Um, yep. let's jump into uh the tournament. We kind of talked about it a little bit, but let's talk jump into the tournament. First of all, I want to say shout out to everyone who joined our bracket challenge. There's $150 on the line to the winner. And right now, friend of the oh, show, the hey. homie Jeff Abbey is in first place. Um, he's probably he, got Michigan winning it all, don't he? He does have Michigan winning the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, I'm going to toot my own horn. Toot toot. Your boy is in fourth place. I'm tied for fourth. Um, I think last time I checked, you were in like 38th place. Well, um, just so we know, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> dang, that's trash. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, are you looking at it right now? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I'm just like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, 39. there's a guy. There is a guy who poses a threat to Jesse because I think he has Baylor winning, and I feel like their brackets are about the same. And if Michigan. If Michigan, I think he has Michigan in the final four, but if basically comes down to if Baylor wins the whole thing, um, that gentleman wins the bracket challenge. If Michigan wins the whole thing, Jesse will win the bracket challenge. So how many are total? How many is in here total? 60? Um, I think it's close to that. I do think it's close to 60 people in the group. Okay, so I'm not I'm not in last, but geez. I'm not gonna call out the person who's in last, but shout out to you. We appreciate you being a part of the group. You know what um, I do want to say though, I will say up? this. And I will go on record because I'm going to show you my phone, right? All right. Now, point system is the same in all groups, right? Okay. So it's not like it's fantasy football where you can just show it, right? My die date. Now, what? how many points does Jesse have? Uh, Jesse right now has 420. 420? 420. Okay. Die daily group. Oh, hold on. Let's see if we can get this. Oh, yeah, this. it's gonna show up. Oh, uh, okay. Four hundred and sixty. I'm in first place. <laughs> Four sixty, bro. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of a lot of points. That is. I mean, that's almost. You have to have at least fourteen of sixteen in the in the, somewhere you know anywhere between thirteen and uh, fourteen of the Sweet Sixteen teams to have that higher score. Yep. I'm pretty much. Uh, Let's see. Sweet 16, I missed on Iowa, Ohio State, and Tennessee. Yep, 13. So I had Syracuse, Houston. I had Loyola, Tennessee. I had Arkansas, Ohio State, Baylor, Villanova, UCLA, Alabama, Michigan, Florida State, USC, Iowa, Gonzaga, Creighton. Dang. I wish I had put that one in ours. Jeez. I should have just kept the same one for all of them. So let's talk about the tournament. I mean, right now, to me, Gonzaga is still the over. Oh, yeah, they're still the overwhelming favorite to win the whole thing. Um, yeah. Like we talked about in the past, like they're just they're a really solid team. They're a really good team, and I just don't know. They got Creighton in the next round. They might be on pace to do what I think. I saw a stat. Um, Indiana was the last team 
to no, actually North Carolina. I feel like North Carolina beat every team by double digits on the way to the title. So it's either North Carolina or Indiana back when Isaiah Thomas won. Um, that won every game by at least double digit, a double digit margin on their way to the title. And I feel like looking at their bracket until they get to the final four, I feel like that could be their thing. They got USC and Oregon on the other side of the bracket. They got Creighton this weekend. Um, and I just don't think Creighton has enough to keep up with them. I'll say this overall about the tournament though. Like it's crazy. We They talked about this is the first time since 79 since Duke, Kentucky and Carolina has not been in the six, sweet 16. And I felt like, again, we keep talking about paradigm shifts. Like at the start of this tournament, you had, in terms of traditional powers, and I feel like you could count Gonzaga as a traditional power now. You had KU, you had UCLA slash Michigan State, you got Gonzaga, and I guess you want to count Villanova as a traditional. Like this was, I guess Syracuse too. Like North this, Carolina. Was, you said North Carolina. Uh, uh, you can count them. I knew they weren't going to win, but yes, North. So there. Yeah. But normally you have 10, 12, 14, 16 kind of like new new era powers or historical powers and this year there weren't that and i think you see that reflected in this sweet 16 that has or roberts in it that has loyola chicago in it, oregon state in it houston with shot to kelvin sampson if there's two things kelvin sampson can do it's coach and get recruiting violations like he if nothing else he can do those two things and right now he's coaching a really good team so so what's your, your thoughts on the tournament thus far as we sit at the Sweet 16? Um, Man, uh, I've, I've watched most of the games. I thought that there have been some very, very good – some very right. good games. Um, There hasn't been very many buzzer beater type, you know, like just that, you know, one shining moment, you know, type type games. Um, But there definitely some very good games. Um, Like you said, there's just been some teams that I've noticed that I'm like, yo, this t- – this team is for real, you know what I mean? And like, and I granted, like I watched Alabama, you know, this year, and I mm-hmm. and I, they beat Tennessee in a regular season, and they beat us in a, you know, we we were up fifteen on them in the in the SEC tournament, but like, bro, Alabama is nice, <laughs> like they are nice, like don't sleep on that team right there, you know. And so, um, I think that you know, I think that it's a great, like you said, whereas the paradigm shift, I think that other teams know that, like other teams like. Gonzaga like Houston, like Loyola, like um, you know, some of these teams, they they know this is the year, you know, like this is the year we don't have to see Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, Tom Izzo, you know, we don't have to see them when we get to the Elite Eight. We're right. gonna get to the Elite Eight and we're gonna get Oregon or USC or you know what I mean? And that was always what it was for these small, small conference teams. And then the, the teams that are like, like the Oregon States and stuff was like, yeah, we can win a couple, but then when the rubber meets the road, we're going to end up running into, you know? So imagine like if South Carolina's team from a few years ago was able to kind of go through the, like they won a national championship, you know, <laughs> like right. that's just, and so, um, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool to see. Um, but, uh, there is something just about, you know, knowing that you got Duke and Kentucky, you know, or you got, you know, Villanova and, and different teams like which Villanova still in it and very well could be. But like it's just something about March that that school pride and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, that it's kind of missing. So just imagine, like, how crazy would it be next year if all of a sudden in like the college football playoff, <laughs> like it was literally like, you know, North Carolina State. Minnesota, NC State. <laughs> like, yeah. 
<laughs> like, yeah, that I mean, Arizona, like in the, right, and that's what you're looking at here. And that yeah. again, I don't know. I I feel like we're in the midst of of seeing a shift in college basketball. So I want to I want to address something that you tweeted. Oh yeah, you let's talk about it. Are we gonna talk about it? Bill so. Self? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Go, yeah. You've been full of hot takes here lately. So hot takes. You said that Bill, that KU should move on from Bill Self. I did. I did. I said, so, yeah. I said that if they want to. So here's the thing. In context, I want to make sure it's in context, right? All right. All right. Yep. As a North Carolina fan, you have expectations for North Carolina basketball. Now you're a pessimist, though. So you're a pessimist, right? So you personally might not have the expectations that normal North Carolina fans have, right? But as a North Carolina fan, you we are North Carolina. Tar Heels, Baby Blue, we get the recruits. We're supposed to be competing year in and year out for an ACC championship and a national championship, right? So the thing about Bill Self is this. I call He's literally Peyton Manning. He's Peyton Manning of – uh of coaching right he's like the regular season probably best coach in ncaa basketball history and i think if there was no such thing as rings peyton manning to me would probably be regular season the best quarterback of all time ever you know five yeah. mvps you know all kinds of crazy so the thing about bill self is 18 years 18 years we're going to kanye now 18 years you know, um, but 18 years, you've got, you know, two title appearances. Now, mind you, somebody said, well, how often do some of these teams really make, you know, more more often than Bill Self? You know, like they make Final Fours. They make, you know, more often than Bill Self. And then you have, a, I think I counted 15 of the years he's, his, his losses have been to seeds that are lower than him. Yeah, and then like a, a a good like ten of the years have been seeds that are at least three seeds lower than him, you know, and it's just big game coaching, right? Like to me, big game coaching. He's just not a good big game coach. Even the year they won the national championship, his coaching had uh, did, did not really necessarily. Derrick Rose missing free throws, and and Chalmers hitting a big shot, you know, like that's that's what got him the. So, like, I've just kind of said, like, if you're a Kansas fan, at what point are you like, you know what, we're just making the tournament every year. Like, nobody's, like, really worried about KU anymore, per se. Like, they're not, like, looking at KU, like, I just don't, I, I think that, you know, like, some of the Bradleys and Northern Iowa's and Oregon's and, you know, uh, USC's and all of these teams that are coming in here and just thumping them in the second round, third round or whatever is taking some of the sting out of like, yeah, all right. They won the big 12 tournament, but you know, like then what? And so like, that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, obviously Bill Self's going to get you to the tournament every year. He's probably going to get you a top four seed every year. I'm not mad at you being happy with that, but like, I just don't have much faith in him, you know, really, putting you know his team in a position to win national championships consistently yeah so you know ku fans always like to tell you uh, now granted this the streak has been snapped right but they had won like 13 15, 15 yeah. big 12 titles in a row he's won 15 of those he's made three final fours he's won one um listen you don't don't get me started i always like to say roy gets the rap of well he gets all this talent he should win 
But Roy, I think, has been to so since 2003, since self arrived in KU, yeah, he went to North Carolina. I want to say he's been to five final fours and has won four of them. Like, I've always, I mean, I've always talked about the fact that Roy's resume stacked up to Coach K's once he got to Carolina. They're pretty even. Coach K has the bigger, obviously, he's the bigger, the face when you talk about college coaches, he's kind of the face of that. But his resume is equal, if not better, than than K's in the same time frame. Um, I just so like like Michigan's been to like multiple Final Fours in the last what maybe six or seven years, and probably going to be in another one this year. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like uh, Villanova has won multiple national championships, been in more than two, you know, Final Four. And I'm talking like like I get it. He went to the national championship in 2008. You know, he won a national championship in 2008. I am a Tennessee fan. Talk about living in the past. I'm the epitome of living in the past, right? Like, it, like I argued until finally I did realize it had been 20 years since we won a national championship. And I was like, all right, Aaron, like, it's been 20 years now. You know what I mean? So, like, I am I, I know what it's like. But, like, that 2018, you know, and then the 2011 team that lost to Kentucky or whatever, like, that's that's a decade ago. Like, if we're looking at the last decade of basketball, what have they accomplished outside of them saying, well, last year we were going to be the best team in the nation, but COVID happened, you know? Yeah, and that's – and, I mean, even that was up for debate because Gonzaga was still really good. They brought back much of the same team that they had last year. Um, Dayton had a really good team. They were going to be a one seed in the tournament. So, I mean, granted, KU had a case. Uh, You know, you, you had to play that out. By the way, Roy has been to six Final Fours and he's won three national championships since he arrived at Carolina. And so, and another thing, right? This is the other thing. Let's not sit here and act like Bill Self is a squeaky clean, you know, like, like I mean, granted, I don't know what it goes on in NC. I don't, I don't get started on this, but the way that they handle rule violations in college basketball baffles me to this day. Like, I just don't get it. Like, Bruce Pearl got a show cause or freaking lying about taking a picture with a recruit. Will Wade and Jarvis Smart from LSU committed every possible inner everything, and he's coaching him in the dang game yesterday. Well, I you mean, know, I, like, I think I think Will Wade. I think the uh, I think they're going to get him. He's I think out of that whole college that whole shoe scandal. I think Will Wade's going to be the one because they actually have him on the phone. Granted. It's not truly incriminating, right? He's just saying we'll do. I think he says we'll do. We'll pay whatever we need to, or we'll do whatever we need to, to make it to make it happen. But I don't. I'm not sure that's a smoking gun. But he is the one who is the closest to being receiving some sort of sanctions. Right. Look, I'm a Carolina fan. Shout out to the NCAA because yeah, you guys were making up classes. I don't understand the rules. I don't get. It. I mean, so in their defense, in their defense, the thing was is that. The ruling was is that everyone benefited from the class, not just student athletes, because it was the entire university was taking gotcha. this fake class. So that was kind of like the loophole, which shout out the loopholes. That was a loophole they used to get out of out of getting harsh sanctions. So, you know, it is what it is. But you, I think the NCAA, we look at how they handled the women's uh, training areas this week. You know, the disparity in their not only the, the training, but the food. Right. You know, I think my, shout out to the homie Lowe's. I think he said they were offering like hungry man dinners to the women. While the guys, you know, they're eating steak and and grilled chicken, and they just got something like they popped in the microwave and said, "Here you go." So 
the fact that Mark Emmert does not come out himself and say, hey, this is listen, I work in management. Right. Mm -hmm. And if every time something went wrong, I went and called up one of my second in command and say, hey, go out and talk to this disgruntled employee. Like I wouldn't be long for my job. And so right, right. They, they, they just can't get things right. They can't get things right. But look, yo. So, yeah, that's I, my thoughts. And my thoughts is just like, man, you know, he don't coach and win big games. Um, he's at a perennial powerhouse. I know. I don't think they consider Kansas a blue blood. I don't know if they do or not. They do. But they, do. They, do. they got the history. They got the history. Okay. You know, he's at a perennial powerhouse of what you would consider to be the top eight, you know, probably programs in college basketball history, you know maybe even top five, I don't know, but probably top eight. And I said in the, in, somebody said, well, oh, Calipari is, Calipari should be on the hot seat too. Like I'm, that's, if I'm a Kentucky fan, you know what I mean? Like that's just, that's just, you know, Calipari, he's already said his goal is to get his kids to the NBA. You know what I mean? Like that, that that's what, so if, if you're a Kentucky fan that says, you know what, I just want to see these kids that don't live in Kentucky come to Kentucky for a year and then go make millions of dollars. That's just not the kind of college football fan I am or college, you know, sports fan I am. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, so yeah, you know, Calipari is the same way, you know, like if you, if you're not getting it done in these, in these big schools or whatever, like, I don't know, bro. People, I, I, I just think, you know, um, I do think, I think Calipari, if he has another year, if they are a top four seed next year, I do think he is not he's not fired. He's not going to be fired, but I do think he's going to be in the hot seat. So he is a guy who's got to turn it around going into next year if he wants to continue to have his keep his job. And granted, if he gets fired, like it's not like there's not going to be a list of schools that are going to open up their doors for him. Oh but, my gosh, yeah. but, you know, I mean, listen, your guy, Rick Barnes, I think Rick Barnes is a guy who might be in a little bit of trouble if he doesn't. That's a weird thing. I think so too. But like, we, I feel like Tennessee's expectations are so much lower because we're still so delusional, and we're like, we're a football school. Like, literally, that's how Tennessee acts. We're mm -hmm. a football school. You know what I mean? So, yeah. making the tournament, being competitive all year, you know, having a top seven seed or whatever. Like, I think Tennessee fans are just kind of cool with that. You know what I mean? The thing that's hurting Rick, hurting Rick Barnes is that he's recruiting so incredibly well. His expectations are going up because he's bringing in all of these five star one and done guys. And then now it's like, yeah, you know, but yeah, Rick Barnes is the, I mean, he's, 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 uh, he's built self on steroids when it comes to like doing little with, you know, a lot for his whole career. Um, but yeah, he definitely is the same in the same boat, but Tennessee is just such a clustered mess right now that I think Rick Barnes somewhat can being an upstanding human being and a person that everybody loves. I think he's pretty safe, barring any kind of craziness. All right, so we got about not we'll have a, too much time left in the show. I I believe it should have gone. Live. Need to. It should have gone live about ten minutes ago. If you want to come on the show, there should be a link on that I posted to the at Brains and Bar site and on the Facebook fan page. If you click that link, you'll be able to come in. If you got a topic you want to talk to us about, whether it be sports or battle rap, you can do so. I want to try to make sure that we promote this a little bit more as we go forward. But this is your chance, your opportunity to be on the show with us. And actually, I am sending out a note to my personal Facebook page um, right now. Yo, I'm going to show you some football cards. Yo, so actually, yes. So let's do that. I don't know what we're going to call this segment. For right now, we're calling I might call it. I might call it. Uh, 
you know, I don't know. There, I, I don't understand the lingo of this trading card industry, but I, mm-hmm. from what I've been following is they call them breaks. Like, I'm guessing it's it's like a, I don't know if it's like a break open a box or what. I don't understand why the word break, but it's a heavy, it's a very used term. So it might be something like, you know, it might might be something like pull my card or something like that, or brains and breaks, or brains, bars, and breaks, you know, or something, I don't know, but anyway, I don't have a fresh pack, though, but I did want to show you uh, some stuff that I, I grabbed uh, yesterday, actually, so I go to CVS, because, oh, you're, you're on mute, oh, you're talking to somebody else? Yeah, I'll tell, tell yeah, 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 uh, and you might not know any of these people, which is fine, I go to uh, CVS yesterday and uh, one of my buddies was like, hey, they sell, you know, these 2020 absolute football packs at Mm -hmm. CVS. So I was like, all right, let me go check CVS. They didn't have them, but they had like a a pack of a a prepackaged box. And it was like you get two packs of cards and a card or something like that, you know, for like four ninety nine. But you couldn't tell what kind of pack was in the box. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like I was like, all right, four ninety nine. Let me just buy it. Right. Mm hmm. So I pull open, open 2015 pack of cards. The next pack of cards is all Notre Dame cards. Johnny Lou Jack, who was a Heisman Trophy winner. Right. So so we got Texas Notre Dame 1970 Cotton Bowl. Uh, I wonder, is that the year that that uh, Nixon declares Texas the national champion? Hmm. I believe Texas wins that game and they declare them the national champion. Uh, Tim Huffman? You heard yeah, that name? No. Yeah, no, no, no got nothing no, for you. I think so. uh, this is '86 Notre Dame beats USC by a point. Okay, so I'm I'm two years away, no, three years away from being a Notre Dame fan. I went out, so I'm four years old at that point. So they're not oh, in my yeah. consciousness. So it obviously Blue Holtz is coaching, but it has like a whole like you know what happened in the game. Uh, Bud Bo Boringer, you ever yeah, heard no, that name? No, no. no, no. <laughs> like most of these people, bro, they look old, man. I just a uh, Frank Ritz, whatever. I'm going to right. assume based on that picture, he might be part of the four horsemen, right? I think there was no. a this, <laughs> he was the center in 1915 to 1917. Yeah, so maybe not four horsemen. No, no, sorry. Here's the 46 national champions. All right, uh, Joe Moore. Uh, this guy looks like so he just Joe owned. Moore. He was a coach there. The Joe Moore Award is awarded to the best offensive line in college football. That's who that award is named. Oh, after. okay. All right. That's good to know. Fred Miller. You remember that nope, name? Not nothing. Yep. Chin- you know my leather chin straps. <laughs> leather helmet. No, not at all. Gary Darnell. Oh, I should know the name, but it's not coming to me. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Peter Voss. Nah, I got nothing. These guys, these guys could be like assistant coaches for yeah, all. Yeah, this is a 42 national championship. I forgot Notre Dame used to be good too. Uh Terry Hanratty? Yes. So oh gosh, is that 70, 60, 70s? 56 to 68. Quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, this is around the same time. Tom Regner. Nope. Got nothing for you. Uh Pat Hollahan, Pete Hollahan. I was like, are we talking about Hollahan from Battle Rap? <laughs> Here we go. Maybe this Greg Bell. Uh, what year? Does that have a year? 83. Yeah, still a little bit. I wasn't born yet. Yeah, Bob Crabble. Nope. Mike Kadish. No. Nope. 79 Cotton Bowl. Jim Seymour. No. Nope. 1930 National Championship. 71 Cotton Bowl. I mean, where's Joe Montana? Where's Rocket? 
I know, right? I, I was like, yo, when, but yo, check this out. This guy definitely is the only black person in the whole deck. <laughs> I don't know, Jay Hayes. Let me see if I can find out who that is. I have no <laughs> That is probably before my time. He's the outside linebacker coach of 1990. Oh, yeah. I mean, at this point, right? Like, I'm <laughs> not, I'm I'm not up on wow. And I look up Jay Hayes, it pulls up Jay Hayes, who actually played for them back in two in the 2017 year. That's too That's funny. Great. I guess the other thing was, and I'll go through these fast, is in the other I, I bought two boxes of them. The other box actually had more current players, but it had it was a Georgia Tech box. It had a Georgia Tech pack in it. Okay. And so, and so I actually didn't know some of these guys played for Georgia Tech. Um, let's see. Uh, I thought I had some. I thought I had them in here. Uh, maybe they're downstairs. But anyway, yeah. So the, I didn't know Darren Waller. I didn't know Darren Waller was it was George, at Georgia Tech. I did not know he played for Georgia Tech. Yeah. Um, and then I got Demarius Thomas. I got Derek Favors. I got, you know, a handful of Georgia Tech guys that, you know, are, no, are known. But So here's three cards that I got today that are pretty good or four cards, right? So um, I got this Julius Irving. Oh, man, this whole green screen is making it difficult. Yep, yep. But Julius I can see it's, holog- it's holographic. Yep. Now, I got this uh, – I got this uh, golden holographic Robert Covington, right? But on the back, it is a numbered card, so there's only 10 of these made. So there's this is number eight out of 10. Of all the cards to pull, you pull a... <laughs> why, why, why couldn't I get, like, Zion or something? I had to get Robert Covington, you know? You got to get the Luca. You got to get the Luca so you I can know. go. And then I pull another one of a Jimmy Butler, which isn't as bad. You know, it's not bad. There's only 25 of these, so it's number five of 25, you know. And then I got another Herbert rookie today, um, mm-hmm. which I'm up to. Where's the Super Bowl, yeah. man? That might those Herbert cards might end up being worth some money. I know, right? I know, right? So yeah, man. Just uh, yeah, I've been trying to. I've been learning a lot about it too. Um, you know, trying to figure out. It's like the, it's like the stock market right now, man. Some people are just buying these joints and then turning around and selling them like crazy. You know, like Tyler Hero rookies and and all kinds of different stuff is like. You know, like, oh, he might suck next year. He might have had a, just a sophomore, you know, season or one hit one. And so you can get four, five, six hundred dollars for these cards. And then in a couple of years, it might be, you know, yeah, a lot less. So um, I don't know. I'm still collecting for the hobby. I haven't sold any cards yet. I've, you know, I got a whole bunch of doubles. And so I offered them to a friend or whatever. Um, but yeah, so that's just kind of where I'm at with it. But um, it's been right. fun. Cool. That is uh pull your card with a award. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So anything that caught your eye free agency wise? Kenny Galladay getting a lot of money to go to the Giants. Man, listen, listen, like shout out to Kenny Galladay. He got four years, 72 million. I forget how much is guaranteed, but it's an average uh, salary of $18 million a year. And shout out to him because nobody's really getting paid like that. I talked about that um, in the after we had Danny Thompson on. And we were kind of was kind of vamping until you got here of just like of how nobody was like this year. Free agents got squeezed. Nobody really got paid. Kenny Galladay is one of them. Joe Tooney's one of them. Uh, Trent Williams is one of them. And that's basically it in terms of big market deals. Everyone else has kind of gotten three years, 30, 40 million. But I, I talked about Juju Smith-Schuster signing with Pittsburgh, saying he loved Pittsburgh so much that he re-signed for one year. He loved the city that much and that he wouldn't go back, uh, that he couldn't leave, that he just had to come back for one more. 
when he's going to get his break, he's going to get his stats next year. He's going to make that $18 million. And then whether it's Pittsburgh or maybe Kansas City or some other place, yeah. maybe they get it to him. I also brought up, remember that time Kansas City was going to sign all the free agents? Remember, remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember that when everybody was going to be so hyped, they're going to take a pay cut to come to Kansas yep. City and they want to play with Mahomes? Yeah, okay. All right, all right. Uh, so, so, so my dad said it won't help the Giants. They still need to address the offensive line, you know, and their quarterback stinks. So that's how that that part too. Um, they got a lot of. I know you're you're still you're still on the on the Danny Dimes yeah. hype train. The guy fumbles too much. He's too too mistake prone. He'll show you flashes, but he's mediocre. That's all I got to say that. about that. No, I'm definitely with him being mediocre. I'm just not. I'm just not. Uh. I'm not ready to bench him or, or move on from him yet. This is make or break year, though. I do think that. I do think this is a make. And I don't think he has to, like, go crazy and do some kind of crazy. I just think that he has to be 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 very – be much better, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, we, we, so on the Giants, they have Darius Slayton. They got mm-hmm. Eric Ingram. They've got mm-hmm. Galladay now. Um, Why are they coming back? So, I mean, he had a granted the offensive line does need to get better. And I'm assuming Dave Gettleman is going to address that in the draft since he didn't do it in free agency. But if that line gets better and Danny does not get better, I think this is the make or break year for him. Um, yeah, and I, yeah. If he doesn't make it happen, it won't happen. I'm trying to think anything other. Bill Belichick signing everybody in the world, you know. All of them. Um, Cam Newton. Shout out to him. I'm trying to think anything else in free agency interesting that we need to hit. Um, no, I hit, I talked about Deshaun Watson, which is a sticky subject, you know, but yeah, got into I'm that. not ready to talk about that yet. I don't know. It's a weird situation. What this about LeBron's angle or ankle? Bro, let me look at the standards real quick. Like they the lost Lakers, like three of the last four, I think. The Lakers, I don't think they're going to fall into play in territory um, mm-hmm. because I think LeBron's not going to be gone that long. No. But I mean, they might fall out of that five. They might have to be on have not have home field home court advantage in any of their in of their series, though. Like yeah. I do think they're in danger of that. And so I eesh. let me see Western Conference. Curry's injured too, still. Yeah, I mean they're they're definitely going to have to play their way into the playoffs. They're a nine seed right now at five hundred. Um, the Lakers are a game and a half up on the Nuggets for the fourth spot. Um, and the Nuggets are eight and two in their last 10. The Lakers are five and five in their last 10. And they got uh, Lakers got Philly tomorrow. That's a that's a that's a L. That's a L. <laughs> that's a L. Even without Embiid, that's a L. Um, when Kyle Kuzma is like, hey, look at me, look at me. Yeah. Like when, when that's your that's your guy, I don't know. I'm also um who else got injured that was uh very damaging? Not in B. Somebody just got hurt. Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? Lamelo. Oh yeah, yeah. Duh. We just had Danny Thompson to talk about that very thing. Yeah. Um, shout out to them. I I was hoping that they would that they were gonna be a really cool story and somebody that uh we were gonna that to me that I had interest in and rooting for. And while I still will watch them, um I just yeah, I, I don't know. My dad said, you think the Mavericks have a chance this year? No, in a word, no. Um, I think they tar- they started too slow. Um, they Losing uh, Seth Curry was not good for them. They needed him um, for the shooting. And I just don't think they – Chris Stapps Porzingis was not what they thought they were going to get. Like, I didn't, he's not a, a great number two for them. 
And yeah. I just don't see them making it far. Shout out to shout out to Brendan. He got married recently, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Congratulations, my guy, Brendan Dog, man. Yo, yep, congratulations. Yep. And also, uh, he always keeps me honest with the with the Bill Self hate. So I appreciate him always. You know, he stands up for his squad, man, and, and that's that's a beautiful thing. So uh, so shout out to my guy, Brendan. All right. Uh, you know what? I think that might be the show. Unless there's anything else sports wise that you want to jump into. Um, no, outside of that, man, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I'm not looking forward to the women's basketball tournament. Uh, and I it has know. nothing to do. I know, but even then, like there wasn't a single upset day one, right? So every high seed won day one. And I think there was two in day two or something like that. Like the teams that are good win. The teams that you know what I mean, like it, it's. Although I, I mean, granted, I know that Connecticut is still Connecticut. There is a chance that they might. Well, yeah, no, I mean, when you get down to the last four, you know, you're 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 NC State, you're, you're Texas A&M, South Carolina, Connecticut. It's them, but it's them or nothing. You know what I mean? Like like all these other teams that are playing on their way there. Like I just, you know, like it's it's just not it's just not the same. So. Yo, BD Gamble seven. Yes, shout out to the Knicks. The Knicks right now are they are a seven seed, so they're still in that playoff, that play in territory. But they are right there with the Hornets and the Heat. They're all top. That basically game out of fourth. Right. They're yeah, they're half game out of fourth. So that four through like seven, four through eight spot is really congested right now in the East. So the Knicks could play their way into you know a a quote unquote buy for the first round. Um, if things go the way, shot and again, shout out to Danny Thompson. He mentioned them. Tom Thibodeau has them playing really well. Um, yeah. defensively, they're one of the better defensive teams in the league. And Randall's being very, Julius very Randall good. Randall is balling like he's yeah. balling. So, shout out to your Knicks. Um, they actually are going to make they have a good chance of making the playoffs this year. And so, um, shout out to that. Um, shoot, I want to hit, I just want to hit one last thing before we go. That's good. You know, the streets, Joe Button's podcast, you know, there's been a little bit of controversy as Rory and Ma have been missing from their podcast. And so, you know, that podcast is not the only one that has had someone missing that, you know, streets have been talking and they've been saying, yo, we're low. So we're low. So, you know, I said he's on vacation and he did go on vacation. He went to Columbia after the battle with Vixen and he went and kicked it. But, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes there's there's just too many Carloses on the show. You know, and, and there's just been some friction between the Carloses and, uh, you know, he is branching out and doing his own thing. He is starting his own show on Caffeine. Oh, I get it now. Yeah. I didn't understand the leap until I realized he jumped from this <laughs> podcast to do his own thing. Bar. That's wild. Bar. So tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern time, I believe it's Eastern time, Loso, the leap, his uh, foray into the streaming i don't know if he'll actually put this on the on the podcast channel after that but he's going to be doing his own thing he's going to be talking about his battle versus vixen and some other things related to himself so tomorrow please tune in support the homie loso um for real i mean loso has always kind of been you know we talk about black white and hispanic thing but he's just kind of been a frequent guest host on the show and so we wish him the best as he does his thing and if he has time for us if he you know can can find it within his heart to make time for us and come back to the show he'll always be welcome back with open arms but please support him once again we thank you everyone for tuning into the show tonight we appreciate it it's been fun um the podcast will be available tomorrow um so please remember to go to google podcast apple spotify search brands and bars 
rate, review, and subscribe. Same thing for YouTube, rate, review, and subscribe. Yo, for the people in the comments, when you come in next week, here's the rules. Come in, say what's up, say what you rep, what weight, where you're from, what you're representing. And then, you know, also again, I want to push that there are going to be links that will come out um, about halfway into the show. If you want to join the show, come on, talk sports, talk battle rap with us. You can't sit in for the rest of the show, but you can come in for a few minutes. Come holler at us. We appreciate y'all. Um, until next time, it's been a black and white thing. We will holler at y'all next week. Be easy. Deuces.